we're going to open up our Bibles, and I want to invite you to turn with me to our first reading. We'll be having a number of readings today, so please be aware of that. Vamos a abrir la Biblia al primer texto. It's from, the first reading is from the letter to the Romans. Romans chapter 6, verses 10 through 12. That's where we're going to start. Comenzamos con Romanos 6, 10 al 12. And again, we're, we're drawing to the end of this series where we're looking at the kingdom of God as it comes through different parts of Scripture. And today we're going to be in the New Testament epistles. I'll explain what that's all about in just a moment. Estamos mirando el tema del reino de Dios en las epístolas del Nuevo Testamento. So I'm going to read this first in Spanish, and then we'll read it in English together and go forward. Vamos a leer primero en español, después en inglés. Talk, this is talking about the Lord Jesus, se trata del Señor Jesús, and this is what God's word says. En cuanto a su muerte, Jesús murió al pecado una vez y para siempre. En cuanto a su vida, vive para Dios. De la misma manera, también ustedes considérense muertos al pecado, pero vivos para Dios en Cristo Jesús. Por lo tanto, no permitan ustedes que el pecado reine en su cuerpo mortal, ni obedezcan a sus malos deseos. The death he, Jesus, died, he died to sin once for all, but the life he lives, he lives to God. In the same way, count yourselves dead to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus. Therefore, do not let sin reign in your mortal body so that you obey its evil desires. So Evelyn Adams, Evelyn Adams may perhaps be one of the luckiest people in the world. I believe that. Evelyn Adams puede ser entre las personas más afortunadas del mundo. Why do I say that? Well, in 1985, Evelyn Adams won $3.9 million in the New Jersey Lottery. And in el 85 ganó casi 4 millones en la lotería. That's that's pretty lucky, right? Well, the very next year, in 1986, she won another $1.4 million in the same lottery. El próximo año ganó casi $2 millones en, la, en otra lotería. I mean, that's lucky, right? You just can't get more lucky than that to win the lottery twice. Ganar la lotería dos veces es muy, muy afortunado. At the same time, I think you could argue that Evelyn Adams is one of the most unlucky people in the world as well. También es entre las personas más desafortunadas del mundo esta mujer. Why? Well, as the story goes, after she took a little bit of those winnings and paid off some bills, she proceeded to go down to Atlantic City where she lost all of her winnings on table games and slot machines. I mean, talk about unlucky. Ella después fue a los casinos de Atlantic City y perdió todo en juegos de mesa y traga monedas. I mean, what happened here, right? What a story. ¿Qué le pasó? Well, like many people who have won the lottery, or who have inherited large sums of money from their, from their parents or other relatives, Evelyn Adams didn't quite know how to take care of this great blessing that she had received. Ella no sabía cuidar de la bendición que había recibido. 
And, and so what did she do? She, she squandered her winnings by engaging in risky behaviors instead of investing it wisely. Ella dilapidó sus ganancias en, en, en actos arriesgosos en vez de invertir sabiamente. I tell you the story of Evelyn Adams because in a way I think the story of the Bible is the story of how human beings have squandered their inheritance. La Biblia se trata de los seres humanos que han dilapidado su herencia. Think about that for just a moment. Adam and Eve, they inherit this perfect world. They inherit this perfect place, Eden. They inherit this perfect relationship of peace and harmony with a perfect God. And then they proceed to squander their inheritance all for a bite of forbidden fruit. Adán y Eva heredan un mundo perfecto, un Dios perfecto, una relación con él, y dilapidan su herencia por un fruto prohibido. And then there's Esau. Esau, he squanders the inheritance he has. He's given the inheritance of being the firstborn son of Isaac. He has all the rights of being the firstborn. Esau tiene los derechos, la herencia de ser el primogénito. What does he do? He squanders that inheritance by selling it to his brother Jacob for, get this, a bowl of soup. Vende su herencia a su hermano por un tazón de sopa. And then there's King Saul. King Saul inherits the kingship over Israel. Saul es rey de Israel, hereda ese reino, el rey de Israel. And what does he do? He proceeds to squander that great gift, that great inheritance, by disobeying God's orders in an important battle. Él desobedece las órdenes de Dios en una batalla y derrocha su herencia. And then, of course, there's the people of Israel, los israelitas. What do they inherit? They inherit the promised land. They inherit the law of God and all of God's wonderful commandments in his word. They inherit the, the, the title of being the chosen people of God, and yet they squander that by engaging in idolatry and sexual immorality and, and in abuse of the poor and so many other sins. Israel hereda la tierra prometida, la ley, ser escogidos de Dios y dilapida esa herencia en la idolatría, la inmoralidad y tal. And the Old Testament doesn't have, you know, uh, uh, kind of uh, its own lock on this. If you look to the New Testament, we find this parable that Jesus told of the prodigal son a la parábola del hijo pródigo de Jesús, and the son who inherits half of his father's estate, a great inheritance, un hijo hereda la mitad de los bienes de su padre, and what does he do? He goes off to a far country and he squanders it on parties and prostitutes. Él va a un país lejano y la dilapida en prostitutas y fiestas. The story of the Bible is the story of people squandering their inheritance. And really, the story of the Bible is our story. Esa es nuestra historia. This is the story uh, that we have gone through. We're the prodigal children of God. Somos los hijos pródigos. God has blessed us in so many ways. He's created us and, and poured out and showered us with blessings. And yet, what do we do? We squander those blessings in sin and rebellion against his rule, against his kingdom. Dios nos crea y bendice y, y dilapidamos esas bendiciones en contra de su reino por el pecado. And because of that, we deserve 
to be banished from God's sight. We deserve to be punished eternally. Merecemos el castigo eterno. And yet, what does God do about that? ¿Y qué hace Dios? The Bible says, while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Siendo pecadores, Cristo murió por nosotros. God is that father of the prodigal son who comes running after us with arms open wide, seeking after us. Dios corre detrás de nosotros con brazos abiertos. By the death and resurrection of his only precious son, Jesus Christ, we are forgiven. We are accepted by God, even though we don't deserve it. It's way beyond what we deserve. Por la muerte y la resurrección, somos aceptados por el Señor Jesucristo. No merecemos eso. It's like... We've won the lottery twice, people. We've won the lottery twice. Hemos ganado la lotería dos veces. First, we won because God created us and gave us life and he gave us breath and he gave us this beautiful world. Nos creó Dios. And then, when we messed it up, God saved us. Después, Dios nos salvó. We're doubly blessed. So then the question is, what do you do with that? What do you do with that kind of inheritance? ¿Qué haces? ¿Qué hace uno con esa herencia? Romans chapter 6, verse 11, the Bible says this. Count yourselves dead to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus. Considérense muertos al pecado, pero vivos para Dios en Cristo Jesús. Do not let sin reign in your mortal body so that you obey its evil desires. No permitan que el pecado reine en su cuerpo mortal ni obedezcan a sus malos deseos. In other words, Paul's saying here, if Jesus, your king, has died for you and he's risen for you, you should be dying to sin and living for him. Si Cristo murió y resucitó, debe morir a pecado y vivir por él. In other words, don't take this blessing and go down to the Atlantic City of sin and squander it. No vayan a los casinos de pecado para dilapidar esta herencia. If Jesus is your king, don't let sin be the king. Don't let sin reign over you. Si Jesús es rey que no reine el pecado sobre ustedes. Instead, live for Jesus. Invest in the life of Jesus. Invest in this inheritance that you've had wisely in the way you live. Inviertan en esta herencia sabiamente en su conducta. This idea of, of investing in the kingdom of God is, is really the message that we find written large throughout the New Testament epistles. Este es el mensaje de las epístolas del Nuevo Testamento. You say, what's an epistle? Is that a 45 magnum? Something like that? No, an epistle is a letter, okay? It's a letter. We're talking about 21 letters in the Bible. Se trata de 21 cartas from the book of Romans, which we just read, all the way to Jude, which is the second of the last book of the Bible. And in every single one of those letters, you're going to find two things. You're going to find theology. En esas cartas encontramos teología. In other words, the truth the teaching of what Jesus Christ has done for us. You'll find theology. Hay teología, la verdad de lo que Cristo ha hecho. But the letters take that theology and they tie it to ethics. They tie it to our behavior. Pero esa teología está atada a nuestro comportamiento. 
It's about the way we live and respond to the truth of who Jesus is and what he's done. Se trata de nuestro estilo de vida. I want to give you an example. Let's turn to 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 3. It's also on the screen. Primero de Pedro 1, 3. Peter says, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Alabado sea Dios Padre nuestro Señor Jesucristo. In his great mercy, he's given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. En su misericordia nos ha hecho nacer de nuevo mediante la resurrección de Jesucristo. And he says we've been given birth into an inheritance that can never perish, spoil, or fade, kept in heaven for you. También hemos recibido una herencia indestructible, incontaminable, e inmarchitable en el cielo reservada para nosotros. For you who have faith. So in other words, the truth is that by his death and resurrection, Jesus Christ has given us this gift It's grace. It is undeserved. The inheritance of life with God. The kingdom of heaven has been granted to those who trust in Christ. En Cristo tenemos esta herencia al reino de Dios. And it, nothing can mess that up. Nothing can spoil that inheritance. Destroy that inheritance. Nada puede destruir esa herencia. It's up there in heaven. It's kept for you. So in light of that inheritance that you have that cannot be touched, How will you live here on earth? How can you live with the ethos of heaven's kingdom here on earth? ¿Cómo vivir según el ethos o el espíritu del cielo aquí en la tierra? That's ethics. Ethics has to do with our behavior in light of the truth of Jesus. La ética es nuestro comportamiento. And as Romans 6.11 says, ethics is about counting ourselves dead to sin and alive to Christ. Es estar muertos al pecado y vivos para Cristo. In other words, as we live in this world, we're making investments one way or the other. Either we are living increasingly into Christ and dying to sin, or we are living increasingly to Christ, uh, to sin, and we are somehow distancing ourselves from the life of Jesus. O estamos viviendo para el pecado o para Jesús. Let me see if I can give you an example of what some letters say about this. In 1 Corinthians 6, 9, Paul talks about this. Primera Corintios, Primera Corintios 6, 9. He says, Do you not know that the wicked will not inherit the kingdom of God? ¿No saben que los malvados no heredarán el reino de Dios? Do not be deceived, neither the sexually immoral, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor male prostitutes, nor homosexual offenders, nor thieves, nor the greedy, the list just goes on, drunkards, etc., 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 will inherit the kingdom of God. Ni los fornicarios, idolatras, adulteros, sodomitas, pervertidos, sexuales, ladrones, avaros, etc., etc., heredarán el reino de Dios. And that's what some of you were. You were living to sin. That's what you were. But you've been washed. You've been justified or made right with God. You've been sanctified and made holy in the name of Jesus and by the Spirit. Eso era algunos de ustedes. Pero han sido lavados, santificados y justificados en el nombre del Señor Jesucristo por el Espíritu. In other words, 
If you have identified with Jesus Christ and the treasure that you have, that inheritance you have in heaven, you're not going to squander that by the way you live on earth. By living according to the ethos of sin. No van a dilapidar su bendición en Cristo viviendo según la ética del pecado. Let's go on. Galatians 5.19, Galatas 5.19. It talks about what's called the flesh or the desires of the sinful nature. Habla de la carne o los deseos pecaminosos. It says the acts of the sinful nature are obvious. Sexual immorality, impurity, debauchery, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, discord. I mean, the list is endless. Las obras de la naturaleza pecaminosa se conocen bien. La inmoralidad sexual, impureza y libertinaje, idolatría, brujería, etc. And then verse 21, Paul says, I warn you as I did before those who live like this, those who are consistently living into this ethos will not inherit the kingdom of God. Les advierto que los que practican tales cosas no heredarán el reino de Dios. You're not spoiling the treasure, you're cutting yourself off from it. No están eh, eh, destruyendo el tesoro, más bien se han desconectado de él. In case we've missed the message, Ephesians 5.3. Ephesians 5.3. But among you there must not be even a hint of sexual immorality or of any kind of impurity or of greed because these are improper for God's holy people, entre ustedes ni siquiera debe mencionarse la inmoralidad sexual, ninguna clase de impureza o avaricia, eso es propio del pueblo de Dios. There shouldn't be any obscenity, foolish talk, coarse joking, which are out of place, but rather thanksgiving. Tampoco debe haber palabras indecentes, conversaciones necias, chistes groseros, etc. For of this you can be sure. No immoral, impure, or greedy person, such a person as an idolater, has any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and of God. Pueden estar seguros de que nadie que sea avaro, es decir, idólatra, inmoral o impuro, tendrá herencia en el reino de Cristo y de Dios. What's it saying? It's saying, if believing the right thing matters, faith in Jesus Christ or orthodoxy, si las buenas creencias importan, then also living in a way consistent with that faith matters. También importa vivir según esa fe. That's because if you're connected to that inheritance, and that inheritance is Jesus, then you're going to act like him increasingly. Si estás conectado con Cristo, vas a entender y aprender a, a, a comportarse como él. So the, the New Testament epistles are saying, hey, Jesus died on the cross. You need to die to that old stuff. He rose from the get, dead. You need to live into the new stuff. That's the Christian life. Si Cristo murió, mueran a lo, a lo viejo pecaminoso y si resucitó, vivan a lo nuevo. But the New Testament epistles are challenging us to invest ethically in the kingdom of God in the inheritance we have in Christ, not to squander that blessing by living into the world, the flesh, and the devil. 
Las epístolas nos eh, de, retan a invertir éticamente en el reino de Dios y en Cristo y no dilapidar esa herencia viviendo según el mundo, el diablo y la carne. So, it's about living in a way on this earth that reflects the kingdom of heaven that we've been given. That's ethics. La ética es vivir aquí en la tierra según el cielo. So what does that mean for you and me? What does that mean for us? ¿Qué significa? What it means is that behavior matters. Morality matters. Ethics matter. La moralidad importa. La justicia, la ética importa. Not so that we enter the kingdom of God. We do not believe ethically and morally in order to get in. We believe ethically or we behave ethically because we've been accepted. It's because Jesus has given us this gift that the best response is to live in this way. No nos comportamos bien para entrar en el reino de Dios, sino porque ya somos aceptados y esa es la respuesta adecuada. Don't hear me or the Bible saying you must be good in order to be saved. We can't be good enough. No podemos ser lo suficientemente bueno. In fact, in Romans chapter 14, verse 17, Paul is talking about a, a question of, of, of whether to eat certain kinds of meat and certain kinds of drink. And he says this, he says, the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking. It's not about don't do that, don't eat meat on this day, don't drink that on that day. That's not the kingdom of God. It's a matter of, of righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. El reino de Dios no es cuestión de comidas o bebidas, de no hacer cierta cosa, sino de justicia, paz y alegría en el Espíritu Santo. So the ethic of the kingdom is this. It's not do whatever you please, it's do whatever pleases God. No hagan lo que se les antoje, sino hagan lo que le agrade a Dios. It's about connecting to the treasure we have, and that treasure is not a thing, it's a person. It's about righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. It's about falling more and more and more in love with Jesus and his way and less in love with the sinful, dead, dark ways of our world. Es enamorarnos cada vez más con Jesús y su reino y no de las cosas del mundo. In 1 John 2.15, that's simply what it says. It says, do not love the world or anything in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. No amen al mundo ni nada de lo que hay en él. Si alguien ama al mundo, no tiene el amor del Padre. In other words, there's only room inside of our hearts for one or the other. Jesus says you can't serve two masters. You'll either be in love with the kingdom of heaven and in love with Jesus and want to live out of that or you're going to be in love with the world. But well, here's the deal. 1 John 2:17. The world and its desires pass away, but the one who does the will of God lives forever. El mundo se acaba con sus malos deseos, pero el que hace la voluntad de Dios permanece 
para siempre. So the question that comes out of the epistles is what will we set our hearts on? What are we going to have our affections placed on? ¿En qué pondremos nuestros afectos y, y, y nuestro corazón? Will you put your, your heart and your desires and your love into something that is pleasurable for a short season and passes away and is gone? Or will you love that which is forever, which is cannot spoil, perish, or fade? Amarás a lo que es pasajero o lo que es indestructible, incontaminada e inmarchitable. Jesus says, take your pick where your treasure is. That's where your heart will be. That's where your behavior will follow. Donde está tu tesoro, ahí está tu corazón, dijo Jesús, y ahí tu comportamiento. So we're talking about investing in God's kingdom through the way we live every day. Connecting ourselves with that treasure in Jesus. And I want to say very clearly, this is not easy. Let's not kid ourselves. Esto no es fácil. To walk in the kingdom ethic and to live out the life of Jesus in everyday life is hard. It is a struggle. Es una lucha. It's a battle. Sometimes it just seems like a constant battle. Es una lucha diaria y constante. Why is that? Doggone it. Why is it so hard? It's because... We're not dead yet, 100%, to that sinful part of us, the part of us that wants to serve self and sin. No estamos muertos del 100% al pecado y al yo. And every time you think you got that sucker beat down, it crops up its head again and says, surprise, you thought you were done with me, right? No. It's not easy. And there are those who would say, hey, you're going to sin. Don't sweat it. It's no big deal. Don't fight it. Jesus has you covered. It's no big deal. Hay los que digan, pues vas a pecar. Jesús te cubre. No es cosa grande. We need to understand that is a lie. Esa es una mentira. The Bible makes it clear sin is a big deal. Sin's a big deal. It's, it's way bigger than I'll ever be able to admit or understand or you. El pecado más grande de lo que reconocemos. Sin is so incredibly big and has so much power that it, in order to pay for it, the only way to pay for it is that it cost the life of God's most precious, perfect, innocent, pure son. That's how serious sin is. Pecado tan grande que para pagarlo solo costó la vida del hijo perfecto inocente de Dios. Sin's a big deal. In the letter of Jude, towards the very end of the Bible, in verses 3 and 4 of that letter, Judas 3 y 4, Jude, who is actually the half-brother of Jesus, writes this. He says, I felt I had to write you 
and urge you to contend for the faith. The faith that was once and for all entrusted to the saints. Sentía la necesidad de escribirles para rogarles que sigan luchando vigorosamente por la fe. It's a fight. You need to fight for the, for the beliefs and you need to fight for the ethical behaviors that are of the Christian life. Why? Because there are people that have been slipped into the church. Some, some people have secretly slipped in among you. Se han infiltrado entre ustedes ciertos individuos and they are godless people and they, what they do is they change the grace or the gift of God into an excuse, a license for immorality. And they just say, hey, sin, at your pleasure, Jesus will take care of it. Se han infiltrado impíos que dicen eh, y convierten y cambian en libertinaje la gracia de nuestro Dios. And he says, those people who do that, those people that think that Jesus spilt his precious blood so that we could just do whatever we want, those people deny Jesus Christ, our King, our Sovereign, our Lord. Estos niegan al Señor Jesús, nuestro soberano y Señor. Winning the lottery twice and gambling it away at Atlantic City is just plain dumb. Ganar la lotería dos veces y, y, y perderlo en juegos al azar es tonto, ¿verdad? But being given the forgiveness and the acceptance of Jesus Christ, being given new life, and using that as a license or an excuse to just sin away, That's deadly. Usar la gracia de Dios como un pretexto para pecar es algo mortal. So the New Testament letters are challenging us, without a doubt. They're challenging us to invest in the kingdom of God by living, learning how to live according to the ethics and the behavior of God's kingdom. Do we do that perfectly? No. It's not saying you've got to be perfect because none of us can do that without the help of the Holy Spirit of God. We're going to fail daily. I fail daily. You will too. But it's moving in that direction. It's investing. It's fighting the good fight. Invertir en la ética del reino de Dios vale la pena. Es luchar por vivir según Jesús. So here's a question I want to ask us this morning, and this is a very personal question. The question is, in what area of my life, in what area of your life, do I know that I am not living in line with God's kingdom? ¿En qué área de mi vida no estoy viviendo según el reino de Dios? Where is the fight for me right now? It might be in some sort of addictive behavior that you've been struggling with, whether that's pornography or... Uh, uh, gambling itself or or maybe an addiction to your devices or a substance puede ser una adicción a la pornografía los juegos al azar los dispositivos el alcohol it might be in the realm of your relationships your relationships are not in the place they should be or your relationships are not in line with God's plan and his order for things. Puede ser en tus relaciones que no son como Dios quiere. It might be in something else. It might be that you realize that you are just fully accepting and affirming 
all of the philosophies of our sinful secular world. You, you see something on TV and you're like, yeah, that's cool. And you just love that. Your heart goes for that. A lo mejor amas las filosofías del mundo secular. Or maybe it's, that, you, you know, lies, gossip. I mean, the list goes on and on. This week I, I found myself, you know, just, man, dude, what's up with you? You're always so negative. You know, that, that, that person that cuts you off on the road or, or you see somebody acting in a different way and your first thought goes to negativity. Why? What is up with you, man? I know what's up with me. I need to be dead to sin. Yo lucho a veces con pensamientos negativos en contra de los otros. So I want to challenge us this morning. God's word is inviting us and challenging us to do two things. Repent. Repent means we change our mind about this. This is not okay, right? This, is, this needs to improve by the help and the grace of God. Hay que arrepentirnos, cambiar de mente, and then to confess it, just to say, God, here's where I'm at, the good, the bad, the ugly. You know it already, but I'm telling you because you know it's better for me. El confesar el pecado también. And so in just a moment, we're going to be saying the Lord's Prayer together. And then I want to invite us into a time of personal confession before the Lord, an evaluation, and a time to ask and to say, Jesus, I want to live out of this new way. Vamos a orar el Padre Nuestro después, tener un tiempo de confesión en silencio. So let's invest in Jesus and let's live in the ethics of his kingdom. That's what God's word is saying. Invertamos en Jesús y vivamos según la ética de su reino. I want to invite us to stand. We're going to pray the Lord's Prayer together. We'll have the worship team get up here with us. Vamos a orar el Padre Nuestro. And then we're just going to take a minute or so afterwards. I want you to bring your honest self to God, just where you truly are, Vamos a orar, Padre Nuestro, después un tiempo en silencio para confesar los pecados. Let's pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. God, since Adam and Eve 
we have gotten accustomed to hiding in the bushes. Hiding. Hiding from you and hiding from ourselves. Estamos acostumbrados desde Adán y Eva de escondernos en los arbustos. In this moment, as best as we know how, we're trying to come out from behind the bushes. To say, God, you know it. You know where we're at. You know the daily struggle with sin. If it's up to us to defeat sin, we're not going to do it. We can't get it done. Si nosotros tenemos que derrotar el pecado, no podemos en nuestro propio poder. And you know that. Which is why you sent your son, Jesus, to be crowned the king on the cross. The cross is our king's throne and it is the place where we leave our sins. La cruz es el trono de Jesús y el lugar donde dejamos nuestros pecados. And that's where we want to come in this moment, in our hearts, in our minds. Before your throne, the cross. And we have nothing to show for ourselves except shame and failure. Forgive us. Perdónanos. But we are also so thankful. And we receive the promise of your word. Recibimos la promesa de tu palabra con gratitud. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. Si decimos que no tenemos pecado, nos engañamos a nosotros mismos y no está en nosotros la verdad. But if we confess our sins, God is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness through the blood, the death of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Si confesamos nuestros pecados, Dios, tú eres fiel y justo para perdonarnos mediante la sangre de tu Hijo Jesús, su vida entregada en la cruz. And Jesus, it's because you're alive. We're not praying to an idea right now. We're not praying to a Bible story. We're not praying to a comic book character. We're not praying to a figment of our imagination. We're praying to the risen, living Jesus Christ right now. Estamos orando al Señor Jesucristo vivo, no una caricatura. It's because you're alive that we can live differently. Help us to do that. Ayúdanos a vivir de otra forma. Help us to fight the good fight and to stay close to you and to love your inheritance that you have bought for us. Thank you that it's a good inheritance. It can never perish, spoil, or fade. Gracias por la herencia que tenemos en ti, Jesús. Una herencia indestructible, incontaminada, inmarchitable. Help us to live as grateful people 
not just to follow do's and don'ts, but to follow Jesus, the one who completes and perfectly obeys the law. Que seguimos a Jesús, el que cumple perfectamente con la ley de Dios. We love you and we need you. And it's in your holy and precious name we pray. En tu santo nombre te lo pedimos. And all God's people together said, Amen.